Yeah, what's up? This is the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, and not solo today, um, and it's so ironic, man. So three years ago, you was on the 27th episode of the Stolen Time podcast. This is the 27th episode of the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, man. Scoops Bronson on with me, man. What's up, man? <laughs> what's up, bro? Hey, that's fire as hell, bro. I ain't even think... I ain't so even think of it. I know, right? I ain't even think about that shit till like 15 minutes ago. I was sitting there thinking, like, damn, what episode I'm on? I was like, oh shit, this 27. I was like, fuck, he was on the 27th episode of the uh, Stolen Time. So that's what's up, man. Look, I had to get your opinion on this, man. I felt like this was needed to the world. You are a music connoisseur, you know what I'm saying? And with the already home. That's not being an outlet anymore. So I was like, it was something that I wanted to talk about as well. But at the same time, I was like, it'd be great to get a different opinion on it too. And to just share to the people by myself what I think about it. Because I feel like you will have a a different point of view. And what I'm talking about is the subject matter today is the verses between Gucci Mane and Young Jeezy. Or Jeezy, what he'd rather be called today. So... What was your initial reaction to? Well, first off, let's start from the beginning. When when Ti, mm-hmm. you know, took a step back because Jeezy, you know, put the Alice branch out to Jeezy. I mean, when Jeezy put it out to Gucci Mane, what was your initial thoughts on it when you first heard it got switched up? So when I when I first heard about everything, I thought it was fake. I thought everybody was just playing around because you know how the internet do the internet they make jokes all the time that's that's like one big stand-up routine for everybody online so when I first heard about it I thought it was just like some something somebody had made up some uh some meme or some photoshop picture that they made up and then um I had seen like Swiss and Timberland actually you know confirming it like they said it was real so when I seen that I'm like you know, just like pretty much everybody else who know anything about Gucci and Jeezy, it was like, oh shit, like, you know, this is, for me, this is taking, this is going to take me back to like high school, graduation, college day, you know what I'm saying? Like the, around that time is when I was kind of basically coming into, you know what I'm saying, my maturity and myself, uh, and my, well, my maturity or maturation or however you want to put it, like that's when I was actually like being out and about being, you know what I'm saying, able to move actually getting into clubs and doing shit like that. So like, you know, this was the the time where, you know, I remember in high school, like my dude used to always talk about Gucci. And I used to tell him like, you know, Gucci trash. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was one of them East Coast, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was one of them East Coast, like backpacker dudes. Like if you wasn't spitting bars, I really wasn't listening. And then um, it was the same thing with Gucci. Cause I remember when So Ice had first came out, I used to hate that fucking song. Like everybody used to be on the song, on the bus rapping. I used to hate that fucking song. And then as I got older and started, you know, what I'm saying like going back and listening to music and really start appreciating southern music, it wasn't until then to where I really understood, you know, what I'm saying trap music and you know, what I'm saying the, the intricacies of the instrumentals around it and all that. So when I finally found out that this Gucci Man versus Jeezy was real, I'm like. I was borderline speechless, like, man, how the fuck they about to get them into the same room, you know what I'm saying, Is, are they going to take it back to the old format where they on one camera, or, you know what I'm saying, he on the other camera, you know what I'm saying, like, are, you know, are they really supposed to be doing this, and then you start to see, like, all the, uh, the, the, 
the banner back and forth between Gucci and Jeezy around it. You know, you see them, you know, you see Gucci talking crazy. He talking about uh little snow cone and all this other stuff. He getting his his, uh, his Trump uh nicknames on. And you know, he uh he told him come, you know what I'm saying, come dressed up, dripped out. And you know, you see Jeezy in the suit, you know what I'm saying, talking crazy too. So I'm like, man, it's about to be crazy tension in the room. That's that was my first initial thing. Like, what's about to be nothing but tension in the room? And my whole thing was just, I, I was just hoping that they wouldn't, you know what I'm saying, like come to blows, or, you know what I'm saying, get physical in the situation. And then, you know what I'm saying, just knowing what Versus is about, with it being basically just like a, a showcase and an appreciation of, you know what I'm saying, two artists who, you know what I'm saying, are kind of in the same lane or have some type of history. I just felt like, you know, this was, this was going to be a chance for them to, you know what I'm saying, really show the world or show the rest of, of America because you know, in the South already kind of knew. You had a few people here and there that knew too, but the South already kind of knew, but it was a chance for them to show the world just how great the artists they really are. Yeah, I mean, when... When I first initially saw it, I was like, I didn't think it was real because a lot of people put up all of this stuff, and and it's it's a lot what people want. Like, oh, we want to see Fifty versus Jai, or you know, we want to see you know Wayne versus Ti. You know what I'm saying? And then I was like, Ti was talking all of that, and then it was like, and then he backs out. And when I found out it was real, was when Ti had posted something on how he backed out and how this was for the culture and all this type of shit. So I'm like, yo, this is real. And so then I started backtracking my mind of like thinking, okay, so if they're going to do this, then there had to be some kind of communication. Because my thing is, I I didn't think that they was going to celebrate each other necessarily, but I felt that what... I felt that there was an agreement of like, yo, with all the stuff that's going on, with all the rappers that are being gunned down and all of this type stuff, all over beef, and then everybody always point back to Tupac and Biggie. You know, that could have easily been avoided. Like, I get in, I, I want to get into a little bit of that a little bit later. But like, but then being the businessman that, Timbaland and Swiss Beats are they would have never agreed to it if they knew that these dudes was, was you know what I'm saying if they knew they were going to get violent then they'd be like there's no point in even doing this because this verse is let's, let's be real it's bigger than Jeezy and Gucci Mane and I was the same way with you I, I never liked the song Icy like I that was to me out of all the songs that I heard because I wasn't a very huge Gucci Mane fan like he had, you know, I picked my spots for him. There was a few joints that he had, and it was like, yo, that's hot, but like, you know, the rest of that, you can keep it. So, mm-hmm. getting into it, like, Jeezy, not Jeezy, Gucci Mane, right off the rip. And like, you can tell because, first off, it pissed me off because it was late. It was like, y'all should have just gone ahead and just said. And see, my thing was, the reason that I kept waiting on it, because I was like, I cut it off and I go back. Well, the reason I kept waiting on it, because I wanted to see how they enter. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to see the energy right off the jump of how they was. So I sat there and waited and waited and waited and waited. And then you see a crew walk in. I thought, okay, well, you know it's time now. When you, when you see the dudes start walking in, you know it's time. So then they walk in and like... 
Gucci Mane get right into it. Goes straight to the disc records. And I'm like, alright. So I'm looking at it like, because my thing was, I was like, yo, I'm trying to hear Trap House. I'm trying to hear Nextel Chirp. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to hear Freaky Girl, Lemonade. Like, I'm trying to hear the shit. But it's like, okay. So what that told me, like, from the first record, we going straight into a, a disc record. I was like, he knows right off the rip that I don't have as many hits as Jeezy. Or at least, let's not say that. He got hood hits. But as far as the mainstream of it being... You know, 1.7 million people viewing, like Jeezy, Jeezy's the the front runner. So he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna beef track this dude to death." You know what I'm saying? And this is just gonna be strictly for the streets. And the one thing that he said that really pissed me off because I'm that guy, like more of that Jay Z mindset of, you know, holding that. Uh, what do you call it? The, the money money phone to your ear shit that shit is trash I, I think all that is trash I really, I really don't care nothing about all of that and then when, when Gucci Mane said yo I got a $10,000 outfit on I'm like dude I don't give a fuck but then Jeezy hit him with the real shit by saying yo I might not have $10,000 on but he was like dude I got real estate and I was like that right there just tells me that now Gucci Mane has both of them had to be mature enough to come to this agreement to do it. But that yeah. right there showed me that Jeezy is thinking on a whole nother level when he's like, yo, I'm more worried about real estate and other things than to show up with a $10,000 outfit on. And that's when I kind of knew how the temperature of the room was going to be. Ten thousand dollar comment. It went over a lot of people's heads, especially like if you if you want to really get into the situation and you want to really know what's going on. That kind of went over a lot of people's heads when he said that. Yeah, he wasn't talking about his outfit. Really, cost him ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars was the the price that Jeezy put on his head to go get his chain. So when he had said that, that was him taking the shot at Jeezy, and that's why Jeezy responded with, you know, saying I own half of that letter. That was him kind of letting him know, like, yeah, nigga, like, you know I sent him to you because, nigga, you know I got pulled around here. So that was just them really talking back and forth in code. Um, to start it off, like, so after my initial reaction to seeing that it was actually real and everything like that, um, the second thing that came to my mind was this is going to be an uneven matchup. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jeezy has way too much commercial success compared to Gucci to even, for this to even be a, a real battle. Like, if you listen to both of these niggas, then, or if you've been around people listening to these niggas, then yeah, you're going to know some of the songs that pop up here and there. But, excuse me, but if you don't know nothing about Gucci or you don't know nothing about Jeezy, when they playing certain songs, certain songs that's really supposed to ring up, like, you're not gonna have that same reaction that everybody else, you know what I'm saying, is having at the same time. Like, I think the, the most beautiful part about Versus is them doing it on Instagram where everybody can comment and everybody can kind of be in the same place at the same time. And you can see when certain songs play, you can see how everybody is reacting. Like, 
these are the songs that basically, you know what I'm saying, vibrated through the hoods and, you know what I'm saying, and vibrated through all the fans. Like, we we knew which ones was hitting and which ones wasn't. Um, the fact that it took an hour to start, I love that. To me, that it was, it was them building up the anticipation, of course, because the anticipation was already there, but it was them creating even more of an anticipation. I know a few people were saying, like, you know, so like you said, they was going on and off for there to just get off and then get back on later. But for me, like, I I, I think I uh, logged on Instagram at, like, 7.58. The verses popped up around, like, 8, 8.01. Clicked that, and I just listened to the whole DJ set. The DJ was throwing out hits while we were sitting there waiting, so it was already fired off the rip and then you know what I'm saying like I'm sitting there playing the game I'm, I think I was playing like Call of Duty while we was all listening to it we all on the chat so you can hear you know what I'm saying you can hear everybody's phone at the same time on the chat so we all listening to it you know what I'm saying and we all just getting ready for it and then once that 9 o'clock hour hit and you seen them come out and you seen them get to it it was just like alright this is real like this is gonna be this is the this is the start for Gucci to go first I think was uh, it was at a disadvantage for Gucci. He was already at a disadvantage, like I said, because he didn't have that same success that, you know what I'm saying, Jeezy had. He has he has commercial success. Don't get me wrong, because, you know what I'm saying, of who he is and the connections that he has. Like, a lot of people don't know, you know what I'm saying, like, he was the first one to be with the Migos. He was one of the first dudes to be with Nicki uh, Minaj. He was the first one to be with French Montana. Like, he, he was the first to be around, like, a lot of the people that's popping right now. So, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of different songs he could have played. But seeing, you know what I'm saying, hindsight is 2020. So seeing where they ended it up at the end of this verses and then knowing what the whole, you know what I'm saying, back and forth was, you know what I'm saying, and making sure that he was dissing them and they was going back and forth to each other like that. I kind of understood the whole purpose of them doing, you know what I'm saying, the versus battle the way they did it. Because to be truthful, I think that if it was, a, if we had a different situation where it was just Gucci and Jeezy, and then, you know what I'm saying, these two of the hottest dudes in Atlanta, and they just had a versus, and there wasn't no tension at all, you would have really heard a different list of music from each one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially Gucci, you would have heard a whole different list of them. He probably would have had a thousand more features than he, you know what I'm saying, than he would have played when he did. Um, same thing for Jeezy. I think Jeezy would have played a lot of different records as well. Like, it's a bunch of shit he basically left in the tuck that then nobody know about. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody was even thinking about hearing. Like, he ain't played Kanye West records. He ain't played a couple of Jay-Z records. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a bunch of... It's a bunch of music that Jeezy really kind of put on the back burner just to get everything through. Um, for me, it was dope because I don't know if they sat down and talked about it. I know Jeezy did an interview afterwards, but you know how that is. They don't necessarily want to give you the ingredients to the, re- you know, say the recipe or whatever. But um, for me, I felt like that they talked about what they were going to do. And I felt like it was the, that one kind of thing where, you know, you're talking to somebody and you're like, yo, let's let's air out all our grievances. Let's get everything out on the floor. And then when this shit is said and done, we piece it up and then it's over with. You know, we don't talk about it no more. We don't live about it no more. We move on from there. And I feel like 
at that moment when uh, Gucci played the truth, and you know he ad lived afterward after the song went off, and then you know Jeezy got up and he started talking and you know saying so that he tried to do his speech and him and Gucci had that little altercation for that little bit, or I rather say interaction, I don't say altercation, but that you know that small little interaction, you could kind of see that that wasn't. You know, that wasn't spoken about. I mean, I think Jeezy knew that he was going to play that song anyway. But I think that the, the afterwards of it is what kind of made it, you know what I'm saying, that, that tense moment that was there. Like, you kind of understood, like, all right, you know, you've you seen the maturation real quick. You know what I'm saying? Both people, actually. Um, you've seen the maturation of Jeezy in that moment to where, you know what I'm saying, he kind of... Uh, you know what I'm saying? He kind of just let everything slide, kind of let it go. And then, you know, he did his speech and he was talking about, you know what I'm saying, this is for Vaughn and this is for, you know what I'm saying, Mo 3 and all them. And then he turned around and in the middle of what he's saying, he, boom, he dropped the song. And for me, that shit, like, I, I don't know how everybody else felt, but I can imagine, like, being in a, in a crowd and when Jeezy is in that moment, he having that speech and then he let that song drop, the whole place is going crazy. I can just imagine in my head, just like the whole place going crazy. Because I think I dropped my phone in that moment. Like, I can't believe this nigga just came back like that. And then, even then, before that, when Gucci, you know what I'm saying, when Gucci played the truth and then he performed him in the truth right in front of Jeezy, it's like you could kind of feel like the tension get super thick. Like you could feel everything. Like you just sitting there at that point, like you ready for a gunshot to happen. Or you ready for a fight to happen. You ready for another nigga to steal somebody or something. Like it's just, to me, I felt like this was the most, this was the most involved the fans have been in a versus ever. Cause it's like, especially people around our age, you know what I'm saying? Growing up with, you know what I'm saying? Being able to have, seeing these dudes start and seeing where these dudes are now, like, we basically grew up with Jesus. We basically grew up with Gucci, you know what I'm saying? We grew up with a lot of these dudes that's considered the, the older rappers of today. So now that, you know what I'm saying, we've seen that and we kind of know the backstory of what happened, you know, Jeezy uh, putting a, a $10,000 bounty on Gucci chain, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Pookie Lope going to try to get the chain and, you know, Gucci, you know what I'm saying, uh, defending himself and killing Pookie Lope, then, you know what I'm saying, Jeezy had, I mean, Gucci having to go to jail for it, like, so everybody knows the story, you know what I'm saying, or what we know of the story, everybody knows, you know what I'm saying, basically the basics of it, and then to, you know what I'm saying, to turn around and see these two basically say, you know what I'm saying, it's over with, let's piece this shit up, let's go ahead and, and move on, and, and let's make something, you know what I'm saying, different happen. To me, man, it was just, it was a beautiful, beautiful night in hip hop. Um, it was a beautiful night for verses. I think that, you know what I'm saying, Timberland and, and Swiss really did something. Um, they really did something amazing, you know what I'm saying, with this versus thing. And it just proves it even more that, you know what I'm saying, Jeezy and Gucci could piece it up. And it's like, you got to remember, like before them, it was Nas and Jay. So now that, you know what I'm saying, Nas and Jay pieced up, they doing whatever, you know what I'm saying, they cool, they do, they do. And now we now, uh, you know what I'm saying, a little bit down the line, we got Gucci and Jeezy pieced up. And now that they can do what they do, I think for me, it's just going to show like it's going to be even better for Atlanta. Like Atlanta got the crown right now. 
And with this happening, I think that they're going to have it for a very long time. Like, for me, when... My whole thing is when... When that whole little thing went down, when he played the truth. Like, and like Jesus said, Jesus was like, yo, like, I knew he was going to play the song. And so, like you said, it was the whole thing of the ad living afterwards. And he's like, yo, he's like, man, we, look, we can stay here and do that. You know, we'll we, we, about all this type of stuff. But he was like, yo, and, G, and you know, Gucci like, yo, you told me. And well, no, he was like, I told you, if I couldn't play what I wanted to play, nah, 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 I wasn't gonna do this. And he was like, nah, that's cool, nah, 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 all that type of stuff. But like, all that, all that, what you doing now, like, that ain't what this is about. Like, and with Jeezy sitting down, because my thing is, it's like, I understand that there's real beef here, and my thing is, this is this is what we don't know. We know that there are at least two to three different stories. My thing is, it's like at the time, uh-huh. Jeezy was really starting to really starting to take off. Like he was really catching his stride. Not necessarily, well, I guess you could call uh-huh. it somewhat mainstream, because he always really kind of been not always, like really when when the recession, not no thug motivation one hit, like he, you know what I'm saying? He he, t- he took another uh-huh. level. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like. Do we know that he really put the bounty out off it just some shit that just was said? Or if it was just a situation where his friend just went rogue and just like, yo, I'm just going to go on my own and try to go handle the shit myself. And then he just put the shit yeah. on Jeezy. So, like, we really don't know exactly what happened. I think that Jeezy know what he did or didn't do. Uh, Gucci, I don't know if he knows or if he just have an assumption or even if Jeezy was even involved in the whole thing. And, like, my thing was for them... Nah, he was definitely involved. But, but my thing is, I, I, don't, I don't know. Because the way I looked at it, yes, Gucci has more reason to be sour for the simple fact of he's the one that had to... You know, take somebody life. He's the one who had to go to jail. He's the one who career suffered and all that type of stuff. So it is a little easier for Jeezy to be more forgiving. But then at the same time, you look at it from Jeezy's point of view, like, yeah, I might have got the success, but I lost a friend in the mix. You know what I'm saying? So both of them really got shit that's like, like this is real shit. Like this ain't no, all right. I'm pissed off at you over a girl or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's what, the, like, like the Drake, Chris Brown shit. Like, all right, y'all can piece up. It was all over a girl that neither one of y'all got. So it's like, why, why sit here and be pissed off about it? Like, they didn't have, like, real beef. And so, like, my thing was, not only, this is what I didn't like about the truth record. Like, I get it, like. I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not a street dude like you know what I'm saying I was around a few of them all this type of shit but like my thing is my thing is all about like growth and like not being the same person that you were 10 15 years ago and so my thing with playing that truth record it's not just that you playing the record it's the fact of whether he was a bad guy or whether he was not his family was probably tuning into this. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure that there's people probably 
in Jeezy's camp. Well, the way Jeezy talked, he talked like he don't even hang around those type dudes that he did 15, 20 years ago. He talks like yeah. it's mainly his girl and him working on business. Like he don't really hang out with those type of guys no more. So there's some people that's going to look at it a certain way. And like my thing was, I understand that this dude tried to rob you and you defended yourself and that's fine. But like it's more than you and it's more than the street code. Like, for y'all to sit here and agree to do what y'all are doing, I understand that they're trying to send a message to these young kids because the problem is these young kids are, they're, they're really beefing over shit that don't even, don't even matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't, and like the whole thing of trying to be tough and like, the thing about a lot of these rappers, is a lot of it is just ego. And, like, nobody can let the ego go. And I felt like in that moment, when after that truth record was played, I think that Jeezy stepped outside of his ego and tried to be real with Gucci and all this type stuff. Now, as far as, okay, like you said, he had dropped that record. Okay, so let me add, like, so we'll get back to this. So this is my thing about Biggie and Tupac, right? So, the whole thing with me, my interpretation of seeing movies, seeing documentaries, there's a whole ton of fucking shit about them. It's like, Tupac was in the middle of a rape case when this stuff was going down. And the people that sat him up on the rape case was the dudes that he was hanging with. Dudes that he thought that was his friend. Yeah. Girl that he thought that was cool. And then all of a sudden she said he raped him. And so then he goes to New York. You know what I'm saying? Little C's to him to come up to, you know, up to the studio. Then he goes in and then he gets robbed and shot. So he's like, I feel like Tupac at the time, he couldn't trust anybody. Because he's like, look, the dudes that I did trust, they got me facing a rape charge. So I think that when C's called him up and he gets robbed and shot downstairs, he automatically goes to, well, oh shit, well, Biggie has something to do with this. So my thing was with Pop being hot-headed as he was, it seemed like that was a situation where a conversation could have been had. If they would have been grown enough to, you know what I'm saying, to talk it out. Now, the thing that sucks about it is there wasn't that much time after that. Because Tupac was pretty much gone shortly after that. So there wasn't, like, this Jeezy, this Jeezy stuff, like, there's been years to patch it up. So there's been a lot of time to go by. And, like, we all see the maturity of, like, like I say, I'm not saying that Gucci hasn't gotten more mature. Because, like, this dude, he got out. He's lost weight. He's changed his diet. He's changed the way he lives. So, like, he has evolved as a person, but it's just this one thing, this one part of his life that if he lets it go, then maybe, you know, that's that's kind of like that, that holding the grudge thing. But to get back to Biggie and Tupac, because I wanted your opinion on it as well. But, like, and then when Biggie got taken out in Cali, it was kind of like Pop's people kind of paying back. And then... With Biggie also having a song that's called Who Shot You, which he says, dude, this song been recorded. Like, 
This was just some shit I had in the tuck. And he was like, the Who Shot You song ain't got shit to do with Tupac. And so then the yeah, Who Shot Who You shot, come out. Who Shot You was already recorded and out before all that shit happened. Yeah, so... Like my thing was when when you got this this real life beef that's going on with people that I feel like even though a life was lost or even though an attack or whether a hit or all this type of stuff is put on you, I feel like when you can look past I, I think that this is one of those things where they're letting their manhood and ego stand in the way of really you know what I'm saying? With both situations, with Tupac, Biggie, and Jeezy, and Gucci, I feel like the manhood and the ego and trying to still look hood for the people that are watching, I feel like that's kind of getting in the way of them really burying the hatchet. And seem like we got a little issue here, but to are you back? Still got some bad service, but but when I look at this whole situation, all in a nutshell, as far as because like even when you look at the whole piece up. Because from my point of view, from what I was watching, Jeezy made the whole thing of saying, because for number one, they went over the 25. I mean, not 25, but they went way over the 20. So it was Jeezy's idea to bring up the whole thing of even playing the Icy record. So they play the Icy record and you can see like Gucci because even though Gucci would have like, you know, he'll have like a, 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 a what do you call it? Like he'll have a mixtape of my greatest hits type of thing and all this type shit. Yeah. And like he will put Icy on it, but he'll put the version on it that Jeezy's not on. But my thing is, it felt like he never was really able to enjoy that record the way that he wanted to. And it's like now when Jeezy decided to play the and, and and see that's another thing. Like that was another olive branch. That was another reach out. Cause it felt like Jeezy was doing all of the reaching. You know what I'm saying? Like I I really I really want to bury this hatchet. You know what I'm saying? I really want to do this. I really want us to, I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe we could do something in the future. Maybe we could piece it up. Maybe we could take a picture together or whatever the case may be. It seemed like Jeezy was the one doing everything. But when that Icy record played, it felt like there was a weight taken off of, Jeezy, not Jeezy, but a weight taken off of Gucci Mane's shoulder. And with that being said, it was like it was a it was a really really great thing to see, man. Because with with these dudes beefing the way that they was, and like I said, it's it's real beef. Like 
this wasn't no type of beef that was that was just petty stuff. When you look at guys like, oh man, like 50, 50 in game, like 50 in game, I think it was some money stuff. But like, but what I'm saying, like when it came to 50 in game, it wasn't any, let me see. I think it was business involved, but it wasn't no taking of a life type of thing. Like, I don't think they actually got into a physical altercation. Like, that was more of, you know, a disagreement. And now, 50 has came out and even said, like, yo, our battle game in the verses. Now, don't get me wrong, with 50 saying that he would do this, I don't know if they would necessarily... I don't know if they would necessarily celebrate each other. I think that there will be jokes thrown and all types of stuff like that. But I think that this is also a situation that would lift game up. That would, as far as 50, it would be, it would be a situation that would re-elevate his music career. In a sense, because I think that 50 has gotten to a point in his career that you look at 50, you think of Get Rich or Die Trying, you think of The Massacre, and I honestly think that that was really only four, three, four, maybe five tracks on The Massacre, and then me personally, I go to um, Get Rich or Die Trying soundtrack. You know, game game was able to leave fifty, and you know, link up with um, what's what's your boy name? Link up with Kanye West, able to link up with um, what's my boy name? Well, the whole point is like he he was able to he was able to get a whole bunch of different hits with other people and his career was not a bad career after that. So game was able to link up with some other people and, you know, further his career. So if 50, if 50 and game actually do the thing, cause he reached, not necessarily reached out, but he said on multiple platforms that he would battle game in the verses. But now we got Scoots back. So basically what I was saying was with the Tupac and Biggie situation, do you think that if time if it wasn't such a short amount of time of of Tupac getting killed, if they was able to get if they was able to take the street side of it, take their manhood out of it, take their ego out of it, and actually sit down and have a conversation, do you think that that could have End it differently. Um, to be honest with you, I—I I mean, that's a lot to unpack, but I, I don't think so. I don't—I don't think that their ego had really anything to do with, um, or really them beefing in general. I don't think that really had 
uh, anything to really do with what uh, transpired in that situation. Like, um, you got to remember, like, this around this time, this is when the hip hop magazine had kind of got like its, its rise in in, uh, in hierarchy. Um, so, like, five double XL, um, the source. All of these different hip hop magazines are kind of, you know what I'm saying, like coming into, you know what I'm saying, their own with this situation. You know, you got East Coast, West Coast beef. Like you had, you know what I'm saying, two different covers. On, I remember, I think it was The Vibe or Double XL. Like it was one of them um, where they had two different covers where it had East Coast with Biggie and Puff on there and then it had uh, West Coast with Pac and Suge on there. And it's like, if you really go back and you really pay attention to like the little intricacies and all the little things that was going on, you kind of realize that Pac and Biggie really wasn't beefing for real, for real. You know what I'm saying? Like it was all of this shit that's going on in the media. You know what I'm saying? You got to think about it. Like, uh, you know, Pac was facing a rape, uh, a rape charge. He was going to trial for that. You know what I'm saying? Snoop was facing a murder charge. He was going to trial for that. And then, you know, you got to remember, like, all of the motherfuckers that's around, you know what I'm saying, Pac at the time. It's a bunch of gang members that's around Pac at the time. It ain't, these ain't normal record executive niggas. These is street niggas. These real niggas that's, that really do it. They throwing up signs and all that kind of shit. And so, I think what you kind of realize is, um, that Tupac was in a situation that he really wasn't mentally ready for. You know what I mean? Like when he got shot in the in the uh, in the lobby, you know, a lot of people don't even realize it, but Tupac shot himself. You know what I'm saying? Trying to pull a pistol and defend himself. He ended up shooting himself. So the, the paranoia from that. And then, you know, you also got to remember, like, where Tupac comes from. His stock is not of, like, a regular rapper stock. Like, he comes from Black Panthers. He comes from revolutionaries. He comes from a bunch of, you know what I'm saying, different situations. And then, you know, him being from the East Coast, moving to the West Coast at a young, you know what I'm saying, at a younger age, and, you know what I'm saying, all of this shit happening. Like, this was... To be honest with you, it was kind of like, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a way to put this. It was like uh, Malcolm X meets, I don't know, KRS-One, or uh, I don't know, Malcolm X meets, uh, I don't know, just a, a, a gangbanger that can rap. I don't know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of, you know, those, the way that those are palling up with each other, and then not only that, like, you know, he was already in the in the situation with, you know what I'm saying, shooting at the two cops and going to jail and, then, you know, getting in and out of jail, Suge saving them from jail. So, I mean, like, it's a bunch of shit that we probably don't even know that was going on with Tupac, along with the shit that was happening in the media. You know what I'm saying? The media making it seem as if, you know, the East Coast don't fuck with Tupac and the East Coast got beef with Tupac. And then you go, you know, you're saying you got shit like the Source Awards and all of these, it's all of these outside things that's really causing it. It's not really 
Pac and Biggie, you know what I'm saying, causing the, the situation. Yeah, you know, you got shit like Faith Evans, you know what I'm saying, cooling with Tupac and a whole bunch of different things. And then you got the beef records and all that shit. But at the end of the day, it's not really them two. It's just everything outside of them. And so when we look at Tupac and Biggie, I don't think that them leaving ego or pushing ego aside or any of that had anything to do with it. I think that that was something that was eventually going to happen if it was not to them, to somebody else around them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it was so much, you know what I'm saying? On the, on the outskirts of everything that was kind of happening and making things happen. Because even remember like Biggie never really had beef with Tupac. You ain't never really hear Biggie talk crazy about Tupac like that. Like even in Who Shot You, when you listen to Who Shot You, he's not talking about Tupac. He just made that's really just a record. That ain't even a diss record for real. If you if you go back and listen to the lyrics of Who Shot You, like that's not a diss record to nobody. That's just him just on some that's just biggie him, shit. That's just him on biggie shit. I mean, listen to yeah. you know, uh somebody got to die, listen to warning. Like it's all about somebody fucking shooting somebody. Like That's what I'm saying. So like you know what I'm saying? Even when he did the joint, when he was talking about the Knicks player who got robbed, like, that's just Biggie being Biggie. He's he storytelling. It, if you listen to that, if, even if you listen to that, like, it's really telling the story. It's telling you of somebody who is in foreign territory that ain't supposed to be there, that's doing some shit they ain't supposed to be doing that eventually ends up getting shot. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's giving you the... Even if you listen to it, like, he telling you how a motherfucker feel. You know what I'm saying? Thundering. Uh, he said, I can feel your heartbeat thundering, shaking the concrete. I can feel sweat trickling down your cheek. Your heartbeat sound like Sasquatch feet. Like, that's that's him telling the story. You know what I'm saying? Um, So, when you hear Pac and he come out and he goes straight at big with, you know what I'm saying, hit him up. And then he going, if you even listen to that, he not even going at Biggie for real. He going at the whole East Coast. Because mm-hmm. he talking about Prodigy, he talking about a whole bunch of people. He even talking about some niggas that's on the West Coast. So it's just like, at in, in that, yeah, Tupac was feeling that shit to where he was around that kind of energy. He was around them kind of people. So when he got on tracks, that's what you felt. He was around that culture. He was around gang culture. Biggie wasn't around gang culture, so to him, it wasn't no, you know what I'm saying, it wasn't none of that. Biggie was talking about lavish shit, living, living life and trying to, you know what I'm saying, get high and kick and chill and go drink and let's, let's go spend this money with my niggas and all this other shit. Tupac eventually started getting on some revolutionary shit, which to me, I think that's why he ended up getting in the situation he got into um, and eventually started dying because he started elevating his mind. Um, with Biggie, I think Biggie really was just like, let's let's get him too to make it seem like this is the reason that Tupac is dead. I think Biggie was just a casualty actually of Tupac's death. I don't even think Biggie was supposed to even die for real. But I mean, that's just me. Um, and then you go on to Gucci and Jeezy. Um, to me, I think, once again, like I tell everybody, man, the highlight of that night was them two performing so icy. You know what I'm saying? Um, that took that took a lot, a lot of you know what I'm saying. Um, that took a lot of you know what I'm saying. That right there is ego being pushed aside. Um, that took a lot of courage on both sides for them to even be in the same room together. 
during that situation, saying things that was said, doing things that was done, and then to basically, um, you know what I'm saying, perform that song together at the end and then piece it up and say, you know what I'm saying, that the hatchet is buried, all that shit is dead. I thought that, you know what I'm saying, for, for Jeezy, we, I think for Jeezy, we seen his maturation after the troop got played. I think that's what we seen him, you know what I'm saying, coming to that form of, you know what I'm saying? We grown men, man. That shit dead. That shit 20 years old. It's time to let that shit go. We ain't did shit about it this far. Ain't no need to be doing shit about it from this point on. And then at the end, I think we see Gucci's maturation where, you know what I'm saying, Gucci said, you know, he extended the olive branch and I, you know what I'm saying, and I, you know, gladly accept it. You know what I'm saying? Let's move on from this shit. It's been 20 years. It's time to lay that shit to rest. I think, you know what I'm saying, it might not have been. It might have not as been as eloquent as what Jeezy said or the way Jeezy said it. But I think that it was just as mature because, you know, it, it takes a mature man to, you know, you know, what I'm saying pass out that olive branch and say let's piece it up. But it takes an even more mature man, you know, what I'm saying to accept that and to be on the same terms as the person that's, you know, what I'm saying giving out that olive branch. Because a lot of people can't do that. And then, you know, like with 50 in game, I think that that's a situation that's more so, I don't think that that beef is the same as a Gucci and a Jeezy or uh, a Pac and Biggie. I think that's more so just some shit to where game felt like he was done wrong by 50. And, you know what I'm saying, as far as business is concerned. And, I mean, if them two can piece it up, cool. But I'm going to be honest with you, man, like, me personally, I'm not a big fan of 50 outside of music. I think 50 is an asshole. I think that, you know, the shit that he does, the antics that he does online and all that other shit, it's cool and it's entertaining for some. But for me, it just shows just somebody who could be putting people in, in very in very special places and you know what I'm saying? He decides to tear people down other than really, you know, build and bring people up. So I don't, I, that whole 50 shit, I don't really care for him doing anything. Yeah, I mean, I get that. And I spoke about it when you was having um, some internet issues. Like, I, yeah. I think the day stuff is more business-wise and... Like, 50 is kind of like that, man. When, when you And then, like, 50 will say shit like when he was doing an interview and they said something about, you know, G-Unit. And he was saying something about, oh, man, what did he say? He said something like he don't want to be remembered of those times or something like that. And it's like, so, dude, you, you come up with a group. You know what I'm saying? You bring up Lloyd Banks, Young Buck, Tony Ayo, and Game and all this type stuff. And then it's like, then you say you want to forget those times. And it's like, that's the thing with Gucci. Like, Gucci has put a lot of dudes on. Like, a lot of dudes. We probably wouldn't know about OJ the Juice Man. We probably wouldn't know about Yo Gotti. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So this dude was constantly putting people on. And I think that 50, you know, it's so crazy because I just watched Get Rich or Die Trying the other day. And, you know, we don't know how much is factual. We don't know how much he fabricated and all that type stuff. But, like, you know, even when you watch that, it's, like, it's always been about 50. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It never really been about, yo, let me uplift somebody or something like that. So, I'm not really surprised with him being the way that he is and all of this type stuff. And the one thing I will say that I hate about that movie 
I was sick and tired of everybody telling 50 how much they loved him. Like, that shit got on my nerves. I was like, yo, I get it. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you tight with a dude. All right, you love him. You show love. I got no problem with showing love. You know what I'm saying? Affection and stuff like that. You, you should tell you people you do. But it's just shit like... Like when when um when um Terrence Howard was they was doing that robbery and Fifty shot him because he was like yo it's time to go he's like, man I fucking love you man I'm like man come on like really like this is the time you say this shit so that's the one thing that bothers me about that damn movie but what I hate about hip hop is the fact of it seems like this is the only music genre that this shit happens. You know what I'm saying? I know hip hop is more of an aggressive type thing. It's more about attitude and all this type of stuff. Because I felt like what happened between Jeezy and Gucci was a win for the culture, like overall. But at the same time, I think streets wise, and and that's another thing that sucks about this music because you have your mainstream base and then you got the street base, and it's like the street base is probably looking at them like. Man, fuck that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Fuck that dude. You know what I'm saying? We don't, we don't end no beats. Like, because I feel like if they would have did it more eloquently, like you were saying, the street dudes probably would have been like, oh, man, look at them two bitches up there making up. You know what I'm saying? But at the yeah. same time, it's like, yo, like, why we got to be as far as, like, the culture and stuff, like, why does this beef stuff have to happen? Like, we don't hear really about... Now, I don't follow this music like that, but we don't really hear about this type stuff like the in, in rock and roll music. We don't really hear about that like in R&B or country and all this type stuff. Like, some people might have a problem with somebody, but it don't never get to a point where you think the shit can get violent. And it's like... And then if you try to piece something up, like, you have to do it in a way where it's like, you don't have to be, quote unquote, look like a bitch. And it's like, I felt like it was great for them to bury the hatchet. I, I mean, me personally, it would have been nice to see a handshake, take up a picture. But because, like, Joe was talking about this on his podcast, and he was just saying, like, yo, like, these rappers, like, like they're getting shot, like, in the streets. And it's getting to a point where it's like, yo, everything is shut down now. But but when these venues open back up, like who are they gonna open up for? Like if y'all can't, like really like stop this beef, especially if it ain't nothing real. Like that's like like Fifty and Jai, like that was some real shit to go down with them. It wasn't just no business type shit. So I understand it, but like at the same time, I feel like when you carry that resentment for somebody for so long. Trust me, I know. Like, you know my situation. You know what I'm saying? And, like, my thing is, I'm not going to sit around. Because my thing is, I'm trying to elevate my life. And I feel like if if I sit back and keep holding this grudge against this person, I don't feel that I can move on with my life or elevate my life if I'm going to keep having resentment for somebody in my past. I mean, um, so, what a lot of people don't really, you know what I'm saying, take time to think about, especially with hip-hop, is that hip-hop is the only genre that started from the streets. No other uh, no other music genre started from the streets. 
if you think about the blues, the blues started in in bootleg clubs and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like in the South. Um, if you think of rock and roll, rock and roll is a child of the blues. If you think of jazz, jazz is, you know what I'm saying, a child of ragtime, which is, you know what I'm saying, the blues is like a child of, you know, so it's like, it's, it's ragtime, it's jazz, then blues, then rock and roll, and then, you know what I'm saying, we don't get nothing else from there. You got to remember that every every genre that we created because we created ragtime we created blues jazz rock and roll um some would even say country you know what i'm saying we created all of these music genres and so for every music genre we create it eventually gets stolen you know what i'm saying charlie parker and dizzy gillespie and miles davis with the face of jazz and now anytime you look up jazz is king t um when you look up blues you know, it was Bobby Blueland and, you know what I'm saying, um, a whole, a whole of the people. Now, you look at the Blues Brothers. So, Rock and Roll, Rock and Roll Berry, and um, as a woman, and Chuck Berry, kind of like the, and so now that we have this, yeah, I mean that's understandable. I mean, I get it. I get it. I just look at it like I, I, I don't. She was rapping on that shit. Oh, okay. And so, and so, um. But yeah, like they tried to be, you know what I'm saying, blonde. And you know what I'm saying? Like they had her do this weird pop record where she was singing and the next thing you know, she just break out and like some fucking rap. And so like this is a genre that they cannot penetrate. They tried it with vanilla ice as well. Vanilla ice didn't cut it. They tried it with Eminem. And as good as Eminem is, and as much credit and and praise that Eminem gets, he still isn't in in that inner circle he's still not on that mount rushmore of hip-hop you know what I'm saying? like you'll hear people say like yo eminem is, is is the beast like eminem is one of the best lyrically but you'll never you you don't ever hear a lot of people put eminem in their top five you know you can't it's not a lot of eminem like it i guarantee you this you'll never see eminem in the verses put it like that you know what i'm saying like so when we talk about hip hop, we gotta remember like this is this is literally the genre of us. This is our genre. Like this is who we are. So not only not only that, like hip hop starting off wasn't just music. You know what I'm saying? Like hip hop starting off was breakdancing, it was DJing, it was graffiti, it was fashion, it was music. It was so many different elements. You know what I'm saying? Like they say, they call it the five pillars of hip hop. But it was so many different elements that when hip hop starts and then eventually it evolves, all of this shit is still going on. Like to this day, like a lot of people say, oh man, you know, all these hip hop artists, that's all they do is talk about fashion and up. But that's all we've been doing since it started. You know what I'm saying? You always wanted to be the fly dude at the, at the you know what I'm saying? At the, uh, at the, at the party. You know what I'm saying? We talk about how the Migos got a song called Versace, but nobody said nothing when Run DMC came out with Adidas. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I, I said this when we did the last 28 minutes or less. Um, when we was doing the, uh, the, the decades, when we were about decades, we were talking about the music, that hip-hop is a revolving cycle. That's why when you rap, they call it a cypher. It's a cypher. It's a constant cypher. And the reason that it is a constant cypher is because each each pillar eventually starts to take its, its place in hip-hop. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of people was, was complaining about, oh, man, you know, Soldier Boy and uh, all these other rappers, that's all they're doing is creating dances. That was the that was the breakdance stage, mm-hmm. and then you had the producers. Remember the producers? It was a it was a new tag on the beat every time you heard the song. That was the that was the DJs. Uh, you know, to me, I felt like that was the DJ stage. Well, we had the '90s where the MCs took over, and then you know um, the art and everything else took over. I think Hov and them tried to you know what I'm saying bring that in when they were talking about you know what I'm saying Picasso baby and they were talking about uh, everybody had a Warhol in a on uh, in their house so they had a brand new painting in their house like they was talking about you know what I'm saying art and all these different things and so now we have to we have to stage to where the the game is finally coming back to you know what I'm saying fashion. You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is all niggas are talking about. They got ice, they got drip. You know what I'm saying? I'm the cleanest nigga. Da, da, da. So it's gonna constantly keep doing that and it's gonna constantly keep evolving into something that we may not want it to be. Now it took a weird turn somewhere around uh the late eighties, early nineties into this thing we call gangster rap. And so with gangster rap, it was like uh the, the real street dudes who was actually out here doing things and, and you know what I'm saying, making moves, they heard the shit that the rappers was doing and was like, yeah, I can do that shit too. And then, you know, you get a guy named Schooly D out of Philadelphia who he talking some gangster shit. And then somehow it, that bug spread all the way over to the West Coast. And you get, you know what I'm saying, guys like Ice-T, you get guys like N.W.A., and then, you know what I'm saying, it eventually breaks out and, and causes a pandemic around the world. And, you know what I'm saying, we get all of these different, you know what I'm saying, all of these different versions and, and uh, you know what I'm saying, like uh, sub-genres of gangster rap. So, you know what I mean, like when people say, well, you know what I'm saying, the streets this, the streets that, you got to realize, like, without the streets, there will be no hip-hop. You also have to realize that, you know what I'm saying, without these guys that's in the streets, it definitely wouldn't have been a hip-hop. Um, shit, without a lot of these guys, especially these quote-unquote gangster rappers, you know what I'm saying, we wouldn't even be able to say some of the shit we able to say, not just on radio and podcasting and all that, but music itself, if it wasn't for those quote-unquote gangster rappers in hip-hop. So, I mean, like, as much as we feel that they've done wrong, you know what I'm saying, they've, they've actually done a lot more good. You got to think about this, too. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying, every now and then we hear about niggas beefing and, you know what I'm saying, somebody losing a life. But think about how many people have created better lives for themselves and the people around them because of hip-hop and gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? Thinking about how many people have been put in situations that they probably would have never been put on before. If it wasn't for gangster rap, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people's lives have really been turned around and saved 
because of this genre that we call gangster rap or hip hop or whatever you want to call it. Like, so I think that, you know what I'm saying, looking at it from the lens of, you know what I'm saying, just constant beef and it's always trouble. If you think about it, that's how the streets is. It's always beef and, and trouble in the streets. You know I mean, what I'm saying? Like, yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, you know, I, I just think that we gotta we gotta give more credit to gangster rapping and hip hop and all that shit than we do for the positive things that's been going uh, that's been going on instead of you know what I'm saying focusing so much on you know what I'm saying what's been done negative. It's true. Every everything you said, everything you said, I agree with. Um, but the thing. The thing for me is how much more beef sells than people piecing things up. You know what I'm saying? Like people, like I mean, Amer- that's everything. Yeah, yeah, that's everything. That's America. I mean, that's the world. Like you, everybody feeds off negativity. Everybody feeds off of beef, and it's like, mm-hmm. and that was the unique thing about like somebody like Drake. Like Drake was able to come out with back to back. But not only was it a hard diss song, but at the same time, it was just a great song, like, period. And so, like, Drake, for me, was, like, the first person to able to to take a diss record and flip it into where, like, yeah, it's a diss record, but at the same time, it's a very entertaining record that, that can be played anywhere. But, like, people feed off of the chaos, I mean, off of the uh, chaos. And then when you look at somebody like... Um, uh, J. Cole saying something like, um, you know, why can't two kings exist, you know, exist at the same time? It's like, why why there has to be like one crown? Like, why do we have to, everybody got to be fighting for that number one spot? Or even J. Cole taking that one record and not, he wasn't even dissing while like, he was just telling a friend of his something on wax where it's like, yo, maybe you need to do this instead of doing it this way. And it's like, and people went so quick to taking it a negative way, just like they flipped his one song against uh, No Name. You know, he didn't he didn't mean no malice of what he said on that one record, and No Name took it that the one the way that she took it. And so then J Cole was like, "Well, all right, well educate me on it." And so like, but the point of I bring all that up is like people go straight to the negative instead of you know the positive, and then like. For me, I think it would be great. I mean, I don't think it happened, but like, it'd be great to see a Jeezy um, Gucci record. You know what I'm saying? Like, because my thing is, I've always had like this fantasy in my head because I'm a guy of camaraderie. Like, I've always, so I had this fantasy in my head where I wanted to see, like, you remember, it, it was so great that Jeezy played one of those records. He played that Boys in the Hood um, joint. And like Boys in the Hood, what it was supposed to have been, it was supposed to have been like a, bar- a revolving door. Like it was the two main, well, not the two main, but it was the two guys. And then they had added Jody Breeze and Young Jeezy to that group. And so they, it was supposed to be they do their thing and then they do their individual thing. And then it was supposed to add two more guys to it. And so like, even in our situation, you could take like well, LSG. You put uh, the Vert, Key Sweat, and uh, 
Johnny Gill. Together. Johnny Gill. Yeah. I've always wanted to see like it'd be cool as fuck if we could get Kendrick Cole, Wayne, not Wayne, Kendrick Cole, Drake, and Wale. Like do like a boys in the hood type of shit. I mean it'll never fucking happen, but it's like there's like okay, so there's tension with Drake and and Kendrick, and then it's like Wale believed that Drake got a problem with him because he never wanted to do a song with him. So it's like it's always like this little thing, like this little ego thing. But I don't know, man. It's like it's it's weird, dude. It's weird, but like, dude, I've always felt like, dude, I had a whole album in my head, dude. And then it was like I had I had dudes that was gonna be featured on it, all that type of stuff. I was like, man, Cuddy was gonna be on the album. <laughs> I was like, Wayne gonna be on the album. I had this whole album in my head, man. But the shit would never fucking happen because it's like this whole little and like you said, it be it be blogs, it be podcasts, it be people like like you said, back then it was the magazines. And like the magazines really was the one who made the beef even worse because it was like if it was a situation where, okay, like yeah, pop dealing with the with the rape case and he already don't trust people around him. It didn't make it better that the magazines, the stuff that he's reading, is feeding, adding fuel to that fire. And but they didn't piece. I mean, I I felt that they pieced it up, but I just felt like no situation is perfect. But if we could find a way, because I remember, let me see. So 2020. So this happened around about 2010 ish, 2012 ish. Well, a lot of people was jumping on each other's tracks. And then, what do you hear? People start talking like, like they say like, oh, man, I hate the NBA being this way. I hate everybody being friends because of AAU. And it's like, people were saying that about the rap game. They were like, oh, all these dudes friends. Like, the rap game is boring. For me, I felt like that was one of the, like, the golden ages for me because it was like, dude, you getting everybody on the track with each other. And, like, you don't really get that as much anymore. I remember, like, man, uh, what's your boy? Uh, Rick Ross had Drake, um, Wale, and who else was on Dice Pineapple? I feel like somebody else was on Dice Pineapples. No, I think it was just them three. It was just them three. But uh, the thing was, like, there was so many people working with each other. There was so many features and it's like we're not really getting those features like we used to so I don't know man I felt like that was a good time in the game personally I mean I, I like I like dudes work with dudes and, and females and like and then like when you even talk about the females it's like why can't you know now supposedly supposedly there's a Cardi Nikki trap somewhere supposedly <laughs> I don't know if it's real, but they saying supposedly they it's got. All, it's already a Cardi Nikki track. That's what I'm saying. They saying that it, it, it is so, and it's like, and that's another they, thing. They did the they did the joint with the Migos already. Well, no, they saying that it's it's just yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they saying that it's it's a Cardi oh, featuring Nikki or Nikki. Yeah, just Cardi and Nikki. And it's like, okay. why can't all the girls get along? Like, there's enough space. For everybody to coexist, you know. What I'm okay, saying? we. I'm sorry. I. I uh, we got to stop this. We. We have to stop this, and we have to stop this now. There is no, like, 
I get what people are saying. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's room for everybody. And I agree, it is room for everybody. Um, it's always room for everybody, except for at the top. There is no room for everybody at the top. Everybody can't be on the top. And to me, I feel like this is a um, this is a product of um, the participation trophy um, era, right? So when we hear things like, "Oh, uh, you know, why why everybody got a beef?" You know what I'm saying? Why why can't it be? Why can't it be two kings and all this? It ain't never been two kings. It ain't never been. It ain't never been uh, more than one top dog. It ain't never been that. And as much as we would love for it to be, don't get me wrong. Um, and this is all subjective. Don't get me wrong. Like that, this is not fact. That's, that's what I was subjective. about to say. Yeah, this is just this is my this has always been my outlook on it. Let me say that. Let me get that out the way. But this has always been my outlook on it. Like. There's no room at the top. There's never been room at the top. Um, the way I look at hip-hop is... Hip-hop is and always has been a competitive sport. Anytime you anytime you go back and listen to any of the previous... Uh, anybody from the beginning of hip-hop to, I don't know, let's say uh, 2000... 2000 12 2013 from then to then like it's always been competitive nobody nobody like you can from from krs1 to ti like when you doing a song with somebody else i don't care how i don't care how good of friends we are i don't care how much we shake hands and everything else when we get on this beat when it's me and you and whoever else or if it's just me and you whatever if you featuring if i'm featuring whatever my job is to, excuse me, my job is to show you up. My job is to show the world that I have murdered you on this track. And we may not even be going at each other. It's just the fact that my verse is better than your verse. It's a competitive sport. Like this is, this is. This is this is a physical contact sport. I feel like if you want to have more than one king and all that other stuff, you can go to R and B or you can go to country. You can go find I don't know, go to EDM. But in hip hop, we don't do that. This is this is either you the top dog or you're not. And I feel like when we have that, when we have people with that mentality in in hip hop, we get some of the greatest music we've ever gotten in forever. Think about, um, you You know, we talk about how, you know, we want people to jump on tracks. Well, Native Tongue did that when they had the Jungle Brothers, they had Tribe Called Quest, they had Leaders of the New School, and they had all, all these other people, and everybody got on the track. You go listen to it now called a Buddy. Go back and listen to Buddy and listen to how everybody just got on the track, and they just did their own thing. They wanted to do their own thing, and, be the best they could be. Go listen to um to Tribe Called Quest scenario and listen to how they all tried to outrap each other. Go listen to any feature with uh I don't know what's the last what's the last big feature. Go listen to um speaking of Drake. Go listen to Drake where he had Kanye West, Lil Wayne, and Eminem all on one track. Uh, the um 
forever. Whatever. So I think it's called yeah, Sunrise forever. Up. Yeah, it was on the the, uh, the LeBron James movie or whatever. Go listen to that song and tell me that it could be more than one king. They wasn't they wasn't on there uh, high fiving each other and, and you know saying uh, chest bumping after you know saying somebody came out the booth. No, nigga, it was. Oh, he, that's what he put on. Okay, let me go in here and, and and take that shit off the board. Yeah, and and, or, and, and um, dude, there's there's nothing wrong. I'm not okay. That's not what I meant by that. Everybody, first off, like you said perfectly, it, music is subjective, and my thing is there'll never be one king. There's so many different opinions, and there's so many different ways of the way people view hip hop. I feel what you're saying, but I feel what you're saying, but there there is a, there is a king. I guarantee you that, that it's a it's a general consensus that somebody is at the top at all times. Yeah, but even even with that, like even if I put a top five together, okay, like yeah, Jay is probably at the top, but there are certain things. If I want something else, I don't go to Jay for that. You know what, see, I'm that's what I'm saying? You, a top five is different from from the top dog. The top dog is one spot. The top dog can be one spot. Is, the top five is who you like. The top dog in the game, that's a that's usually a general consensus. Like, so it was a point in time to where, yeah, everybody was saying that, you know what I'm saying, uh, that Wayne was the man. Like it was it's a it was a point in time where Wayne killed the game. He was on the radio all day long, him and T Pain. It would be Three T Pain and Lil Wayne songs. It'd be two Lil Wayne songs. It'd be a T Pain song. It'd be another T Pain and Lil Wayne song. And Lil Wayne would be on five other songs afterwards. And then they might throw in, I don't know, Mariah Carey in somewhere in between there. But it was always T Pain and Lil Wayne somewhere on the radio. But at that time, everybody still knew Jay Z was the top dog. Lil Wayne knew Jay Z was the top dog. Because Lil Wayne said, the best rapper alive since the best rapper retired. So we all, it's, it's in hip-hop, it's always a consensus of who the number one guy is. I don't care how many people will say, no, no, no. We already know right now, Drake is the top dog in music right now. But, Especially in hip-hop. But even when you say that, if you ask Kendrick, well, maybe not Kendrick, because Kendrick's a quiet dude. He don't really say too much. But if you ask, if you ask anybody, you ask Ray Kwon, he's going to tell you he's the best rapper. You ask Jay-Z, he's going to say he's the best. You ask Wayne, he's going to say well, he's the best. As they should. But as that doesn't should. mean that but you the, have to. But the proof is in the pudding. The proof is our, The proof is there. We don't We don't need to go ask them. Because what you see, this is what you're saying is like this, right? What you're saying is that's like getting LeBron, Kobe, and Jordan in a, in a, in a, uh, in a gym. And going up to them specifically and saying, hey, man, which one of y'all is the best? Of course, all three of them going to say they the best. However, if you put them all in their in their arenas and let them do what they do, they don't determine who the best is. They, or, or they don't get to say who the best is. They determine who the best is by the way that they play. So what I'm saying that is, I'm saying that the, the, the best is being shown by the product. It ain't necessarily them saying that they the best. Okay. It's the product. And with you saying that, with you saying that, some people would say Jordan is the best because he's six for six for six. And they would say that, you know, 
you know, all his all his accolades and they'll say, okay, but then this person will look at LeBron and like, oh, well, I feel like he's more overall a better player. He's a better passer, better rebounder, nah, nah, nah. And then somebody will look at Kobe and be like, well, Kobe was a mirror of Jordan, but he was more better. He was a better shooter. He gave you better defense, all this type of stuff. So even with that being said, right, everybody has a different criteria of what they think is a thing. 100%. Because like, like, that's just like for 100%. me, like – like for me, like like he would never be the king of like what some people may say, but like I hold Cuddy to a higher standard because of what I like to endure in my music and like what he done for me personally with the things that he do. So when I was to, you know, put him in my top five or if I hold him on a higher regard, then I might hold somebody like Red Man, like, yeah. Redman is a better lyricist than Cuddy for sure. But to me, Redman can't hold a candle to Cuddy. You see what I'm saying? So it's like it well, depends I agree on with you, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, but it's 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 all about what you take. You know, so that's right. why so I this, feel like this is what I'm saying though. This is what I'm saying though, right? When we talk about when we when people talk about their top five, right? The whole the whole thing of a top five is you gotta look at it from the its most basic it's most basic point. When we talk about the best five, if, especially when we saying rappers, the best five rappers of all time, right? The whole point of that is rap. Who raps the best? So with Cuddy, don't get me wrong, if we talking about artists, yeah, Cuddy is definitely up there in artistry, but as far as rapping, I wouldn't put Cuddy over a red man's per se if we talking about rapping. If we're talking about top five rappers, but if we're talking about top five artists, yeah, I, yeah. I would throw Cuddy. Yeah, up. you see what Cuddy I'm saying? Cuddy has that creativity. But I'm just, I'm just saying as far as, I'm just saying as far as just the way, like you're saying, like as far as the subjectivity goes, right? But this is, this is what I say to you, and, I, and I'm going to use this analogy because uh, I think that the basketball analogy is really perfect um, that we've been using. So when Jordan was in the league, right, mm-hmm. who's the best player in the league? At what time period? It was who? I said what time period? You talking about when when Jordan was in the league? When he entered the league? No, when he was in the league. So when you're talking about nineties and far on? No, 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 no. Because if you go back to the eighties, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Jordan. We can we can do that all day because we can say Magic and Bird and all them. No, when Jordan got in the league and Jordan hit his prime, let me say that when Jordan hit his prime. Who was the best player in the league? Like I say, it depends on what you're looking for. Because cause this is Jordan. my thing. Jordan, Jordan was great. Don't get me there wrong. Was, there was no better but player than Jordan when Jordan hit his prime. I would say Jordan hit his prime probably like the 90s. Like even even when he put up that 100%. 60. Even yeah. when he hit that 60 burger on, on the Celtics. Like Mm-hmm. It still was in a loss. Now, when he, when athletically, he got and all them and everything else, and he came into his himself. Jordan became the best player in the league, right? I would, I would, I would probably say. I mean, there's other people who probably wasn't af- athletic as he was. Because I, no, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. I'm just talking about pure facts. In the night, Jordan was the best player in the league. That's all I'm saying. He was the best player in the league. 
Now, I know you can go look at a couple other people and be like, well, if they had this and that, cool. But Jordan was the best player in the league in the night. There was no arguing that at the time. When Jordan left, Kobe became the best player in the league. And when they, when people were saying Kobe was the man, there was no arguing that at the time. LeBron is the best player in the league. Even though ESPN and all them try to throw in Kawhi and all them, they all fall short. But the one that stays on top is LeBron. And there's no arguing that. And it's the same thing that goes in hip-hop. Everybody, mm-hmm. wanna keep, everybody kept talking about Wayne, Wayne, Wayne when Jay was on top. But Jay never fell short. Okay. But somehow, somehow Wayne couldn't take that spot from Jay. And then when Jay left, Wayne took that medal. Then when Wayne took that medal, Drake took that medal. And then somehow everybody keep trying to throw in Cole, keep trying to throw in uh, Kendrick and, and Sean and Wale. But but somehow Drake never falls from that spot. You want you want to know why? Because you have why people like me. When you say it went to Jordan to Kobe, you have somebody like me to say so. We just gonna look over Iverson. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Like, see, what that's what mean? I'm saying. To me, I look and see. That's look why at Kobe's career. No, I'm gonna tell you. Kobe's I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you why. The reason I was the way I was with Jordan is because I didn't idolize Jordan. Like I didn't either. I wore Iversons. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, the way that Iverson was able to play and take over a game, being the size that he was, and to have the uh, the game that he had, I would have took him over a lot of dudes. Like, I wasn't even, like, for me personally, and I know you probably going to kill me for this, and that's why I say I'm just this type of person. I would have took Ray Allen over Kobe. That's just me, though. Because I like the way Ray you Allen played. Ray Allen over Kobe? Yes, I would say Ray Allen over Kobe. Because I like his overall early, game early better Ray than him. Early Ray Allen, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, like, the, 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 the Seattle-Milwaukee days. Seattle-Milwaukee days. But yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, early Ray Allen, hell no. But, like, my thing, like, that's why I say there's so many different there's so many different styles. And that's so and it's all about what you're looking but, for. But this so, is what I'm saying though. But, but even listen to what I'm saying though. I feel you what you're saying when you say Iverson, because I had the braids. I used to wear the socks all the way up to my knees. I had the little arm sleeve. I had all that. I used to I used to do all that. But see, like how you saying Iverson? I did that and then I was like, oh shit, Yeah. And 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 so look. I had a great one for a long time because but my thing is and around everybody I all knew that you feel what I'm saying? Like I, Kobe was the man. I, I feel what you're saying, but like my my whole point, all of what I'm saying is, when it when it when it comes to it all, there's always going to be different opinions. Cause for me, and then especially like me being from the south, especially for me having just about all the mixtapes and shit, I felt like Wayne overseeded Jay. But then Jay came back with his second career. Oh, he did. Listen, listen. There was 
Depending on the demographic, you can get if like you can get different opinions, you can get different reactions and all types of stuff like that. So like I said, it's oh, yeah, all yeah. it's all about but I mean I mean like when I when I say that, when I say general consensus, I mean people like for instance, right? Like if you if you go back and watch the verses, it's a bunch it's a bunch of people out there right now that's saying that Gucci won that verses. But the general consensus is that Jeezy won yes. that verses. Yes, it, yeah, and that's what I mean. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you're right, you're right, but you know, we we still we having some some issues here, but we pretty much got across what we wanted to say, man. Um, before you get out, though. Um, I just want the people, cause I mean, I'm pretty sure we, you know, we, we do our plugs all the time, but you yeah. never know when you got new listeners and all this type of stuff. So hopefully we can get it clean without you sounding like a robot and everything, um, for you to, uh, plug everything that you want to plug, uh, before we get I up know, out of man, here, man. This shit is horrible. I'm in the basement too, so that don't make it no better. Nah. Man, uh, can you hear me clear? Yeah, yeah. I got you now. Hey, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm in this dang on basement, man. They got me signing out. Hope you would uh, follow me on, uh, man, really just follow me on Twitter at School Bronson. Um, that's the main place you can really find me. Uh, make sure you go listen to the Viewers Anonymous podcast um, with myself on that Viewers Anonymous uh, group page on Facebook. Um, we're trying to get up to 100 people in that group so we can start doing um, live watch parties. You know what I'm saying? So y'all can kind of see some of the movies that we're doing before we actually start putting them um, into our recordings and reviewing them. Um, and, man, really, that's that's just it, man. Make sure, you know what I'm saying, y'all keep subscribing to my guy, showing him all the love y'all been showing him, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And like like I said, man, we putting those uh, views anonymous out like... Uh... Rapid fire, man. They coming to you, you know. So even if it's a movie yeah. that you don't really rock with, you know, give us give us two three days. We coming with something else, and hopefully you rock with that. Um, and like I said, yep. man, uh, go follow the, the Stolen Time podcast page on Facebook, Stolen Time Pod on Instagram, um, S Foster Eight on Instagram and um, Twitter. Um, like he said earlier, VA uh, podcast. Um, Group page, well, damn. What is it? Uh, VA podcast it's the, watch it's group. The VA pod watch group. Yes, yes. 
Yes, please go check that out. Go please subscribe to that and, uh, you know, rate, view, subscribe, all of that type stuff to this and Viewers Anonymous as well. Um, but that was episode 27 of the 28 Minutes or Less podcast, and we out.